0: You're listening to Ladies Who League. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Episode 2 of Ladies Who League. A big thank you to everyone who tuned in last week. I hope you liked the show and I hope you like this week's episode as well. I think the best bit of feedback I got about last week's show that people want me to talk more about the Parramatta Eels, so I'll definitely look to do that this week. Uh, joining me in the studio this morning is my friend Erin Riley, a sports writer that has been featured in the Sydney Morning Herald and a small piece of one of her pieces was even picked up by the New York Times. Good morning, Erin. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. I thought we'd start off by having a bit of a flick through the Daily Telegraph, which has the best sports section in the country, and have a chat about some of the stories that have caught our eye this week. There's a fair bit in there. Yeah, there sure is. I I don't think we can start the show without talking about the two page spread of Buzz Rothfield to start us off. Uh, This week
1: in the Daily Telegraph, we are celebrating 40 years of Buzz. 40 years. I do have a question. Did you just want to talk about this because it has a little excerpt from a page that says Para the Premiers?
0: Yeah, look, okay. Para the Premiers, 1986. So any opportunity I have to talk about Para the Premiers, I'll take. Um, you have to get a copy of the Daily Telegraph just to read about Buzzer's enlightening career. My, my personal
1: favourite is his feud with Peter Sterling. It's pretty great. I also quite enjoy the, uh, the range of haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> and the lack of hair now? Indeed. But, you know, he had that pretty impressive curly mop in those early days. Yeah,
0: There's nothing wrong with curly hair and nothing at all. <laughs> there is a, 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 an important question. Do
1: you currently have a feud?
0: Me? No. Look, I don't. And maybe to be someone like Buzz Rothfield, I need, I need a nemesis.
1: We do need to find you one. All right. Well, don't
0: send me too many hate tweets. I, I don't really want to be using the block and delete <laughs> button too much today. Um, what else have we got in there? There's a great piece on Ben Barber, um, and his new performance at the Sharks and his new bod—he's sporting a six-pack for the first time in his career.
1: That's really awesome to see that he's been able to get back into shape and and be doing a bit better. But gosh, it must be tough to be sort of in that much control all the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I've often said I don't actually know how much control these players have, and you know I know that they're told you know what to do, when to train, what to eat. Um, so it's really good to see Benny Barber. You know, getting back into shape, and he performed really well in the All Stars game, I thought. So, after a couple of disappointing years, it'll be interesting to see whether he can sort of battle off Jack Bird and Valentine Holmes for that fullback role at the Sharks. It'd be really great to see him do well. Well, fingers crossed. Um, and I think the big talking point this week is also the A League. Uh, so, we've got the Sydney Derby tonight between the Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC, but I don't think too many people are actually talking about what's going to happen on the field. It's more how the crowd behave because there are threats of the Wanderers losing three points if the fans don't behave.
1: And look, I'm not a really big fan of that approach to dealing with the problem. I understand that there's, there's some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think A League gets disproportionate attention and it becomes a bit self-reinforcing that we expect the crowds to behave badly and so we pay a lot of attention to the bad behaviour when really people behave badly in a lot of sports. Um, and I just think it is really harsh to deny the players uh, you know, a reward for their hard work should they win and the crowd misbehave uh, because of some people in the audience. Yeah, and I completely agree about your
0: point about it being
1: disproportionate. So I often feel in rugby
0: league, uh, you know, we've got a bad rap for player behaviour, and, and while our players have been involved in incidents off the field, those incidents aren't, you know just happening in
1: rugby league it happens in all sports absolutely and it happens in all society but uh, that this narrative that rugby league has a particular problem uh means that we pay more attention when things happen and we slot it into that narrative rather Mm -hmm. than seeing them as isolated incidents when we we have you know plenty of incidents in other codes including the afl but it doesn't seem to fall into their narrative in that same way.
0: And I think as long as we continue to have these issues in our society, they'll continue to be reflected in our sporting codes.
1: And I do think sometimes the nature of sport and the nature of sporting organisations mean they're amplified in Mm -hmm. sport. Of course. um, Particularly the the fact that they can be these really hyper-masculine environments. Uh, But I don't think it's... a particularly a rugby league problem. I think it's a sport problem.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and to finish off on a happier note, there's also an article about the Parramatta Eels. So Kieran Foran and Michael Jennings are featured in the paper this week. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about Parramatta going into this this season because we've recruited very well over the off-season. Look, I'm not going to get too excited because Parramatta have had a habit of disappointing me in the past, but I will say live that I think that if Parramatta don't make the top eight this year, it's been a failure.
1: That's a, uh, it's nice to be a bit optimistic. Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I'd be very excited to see them playing finals football this year.
1: I do enjoy this, this part of the season where before anything started, when you can still be hopeful when anything can happen, where every team's going to be the Premier. It's, it's really nice that narrow window when you're starting to really get close to the, to the, kick-off to the start of the season and you can still have all those feelings of anticipation and excitement because you know within a few weeks for some people Mm -hmm. at least it's going to be disappointing.
0: I completely agree so I usually write an article at this time of the year saying that this is one of my favourite times of the year because Parramatta haven't made any mistakes, we're starting even, the season could be anything, we could win the premiership. You're tied top of the ladder. We're tied top of the ladder Um, and you're right, usually after a couple of weeks I've sort of got my head in my hands. (laughs) Say, oh my goodness, another season.
1: But, you
2: know. Best part of being a sports exactly. fan, Exactly.
1: And you have to endure the lows to, uh, to really appreciate the highs. Yeah, I'm waiting for those highs. Um, They're pretty great.
0: Yeah, I, I can't wait. Can't wait. Erin, um, that's probably enough of the paper because we've got some really interesting guests today. So I might leave it there. We'll take a quick break and come back and talk touch football. <laughs> Now, as most of you know, I absolutely love Rugby League, but um, over the last couple of years as well, I've begun to take an interest in touch football, especially since a strategic partnership between the NRL and Touch Football Australia was launched last year with the goal of creating the largest sporting community in the country and, you know, having a place for all people in the Rugby League community, whether that be through tag, tackle or touch. Um, so over the weekend, we had the All-Stars game um, but what some of you might not know is that Touch Football also played two curtain raises before, uh, before the NRL came out. So the Touch Football Indigenous All-Stars played in three games, um, with obviously two games being played as curtain raisers. The Indigenous All-Stars took out game one, winning 14-9. Uh, the All-Stars took out game two, 5-3. And the third game ended in a six-all draw, meaning that the Indigenous All-Stars retained the 2016 All-Stars title. So joining us this morning is a very special guest, uh, Mariki Wattigo. Uh She is a 24-year-old who has represented Australia in the 2012, 2013, and 2014 Trans-Tasman Series. Uh, she's a Queensland State of Origin representative, and she was also Indigenous All-Stars Captain this year. Good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so I thought we'd just start at the beginning. When did you start playing touch football?
3: Yeah, so I started playing, I was actually just by chance um, in primary school, so I was in year four and um, the teacher needed some extra players and at the time I was um, actually um, doing self life saving, so I was mm-hmm. pretty fit and, and the teacher was like, yeah, you can run, so come and have a go. <laughs> so um, yeah, I started in year four, so I was about nine and then um, it just took off from there.
0: You've been playing ever since.
3: Yeah, I've been playing ever since and um, got probably a little bit serious in Year 6 when I was selected in my first New South Wales state team. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, from there I thought, oh, maybe I have a bit of bit of skill at this game, so I'll give it a
0: try. And yeah, from then on, I haven't looked back. Sounds like you've got more than just a little bit of skill. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask about the atmosphere at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night. So there were th- like 38,000 people. It must have been pretty incredible.
3: Oh, it was such a great experience. Like, we touch football. We, um, at the World Cup last year in, in Coffs Harbour, we still um, attract a few people and there are, are crowds, but nothing like 38,000 at Suncorp. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was such a invigorating experience to run out on Suncorp. And, you know, if you picture yourself doing that when you see all the NRL players running out there and to get that opportunity was amazing. It was, yeah, it was really electric.
0: Um. And Marie, I want to ask you about the All-Stars game. So there was a lot of talk in the lead up to the game about, you know, the importance and where it would sort of fit in the rugby league calendar. Uh, Do you want to tell us, you know, what you see the importance of the All-Stars game being?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think um, Greg Inglis really touched on it when he gave a few interviews um, during the week in the lead up. It's really about community and Mm -hmm. for a lot of Indigenous people and especially like NRL players, it's a time to give back to the community and really get in touch with, you know, those young kids that look up to um, players as idols and and role models. So um, for us as touch football players, we only went into camp on Thursday, Mm -hmm. but we also had the opportunity to run a few um, touch football clinics out at um, Whites Hill in Brisbane. So that was really special because there were kids there that, who knew some of the All Stars players by name and had seen them on YouTube. So, yeah, it was really great to um, interact with the kids and know that you're giving back to community and just um, interact with people that possibly look up to you and, and really admire what you do. So, but yeah, it's a it's a really good concept in terms of community. But also I think for Indigenous players too, it's it's that opportunity to play for your people. And, and across a lot of codes, I don't think there is that opportunity um, for Indigenous people to play as Indigenous people in a team and really be proud of, of their people, who they are, the culture. So for me, that was um, playing for my people and um, my community is, is a real, really big highlight um, of the All-Stars concept.
0: And I think you could see, even in the NRL All-Stars game, just you know, how much it meant to the players to be taking that field. Greg Inglis um leading the team. He he was incredible and you could see how much it meant to him.
3: Yeah, definitely. You could you could definitely see how um the Indigenous players took on this concept and, and even from the very start where there was the um indigenous war cry, it was electric being in the in the stadium and um you could just feel the emotion there that um everyone was feeling, just being proud of seeing their role models being proud of who they are. So I think that's um a really important um
0: part of the all stars concept and I'd love to talk about what happened on the field as well because you walked away with the trophy from that tournament. Uh, who were your standout <laughs> players over the weekend?
3: Yeah, it was really great um to walk away with the trophy mm-hmm. again. Um, our standout players we had so many in our team because we we've just got a such a diverse range of skills, so
2: mm-hmm.
3: I'd probably say um. In the boys, we had um, Lachlan Pierce from North Queensland mm-hmm. and Cody Green and Christian Congu. That they were outstanding. The skill that they displayed was amazing. And you know, you, it's it's kind of that off the cuff, um, unstructured touch footy that you like to see. It's really exciting. And these boys, they just brought it, and it was it was great to watch. I was out there sometimes admiring and replaying. <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> playing. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that not many people know as well that it's a mixed team. So what's it like playing in a mixed team?
3: Yeah, and I think that's the beauty about touch football. I don't think there's um, many other sports where you get the opportunity to um, play in a mixed team, maybe like um, mixed tennis or something. But for mixed touch football, it's a really um, tough game because um, as a female, your your opposition could be a male standing opposite mm-hmm. you. So, um, yeah, it's definitely... Um, really quite challenging and there is a lot of um, skill and, and I'd say structure to a mixed um, team and I think a lot of people might um, don't necessarily um, pick that up from watching say a social game of um, mm-hmm. mixed touch football but um, yeah it, it is really quite enjoyable both on and off the field and off the field can be just as good.
0: <laughs> Mariki before we let you go I've got to ask um, what, what are your plans for the rest of this year?
3: yeah um so we uh, our touch football calendar is just kicking off right now mm-hmm. so we have our national competition um it's called the elite eight series in Coffs harbour mm-hmm. so that will um that's in the beginning of March So that's coming up and then um from there an Australian team will be selected for the trans tasman series this year which will be held in April in New Zealand. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm, I perform well at nationals and get the call-up. We'll but, keep our fingers crossed um, for
0: you. I'm sure there's no doubt. <laughs> thank you.
3: <laughs> so um, it's quite a busy year because um, later in the year, we will also have our State of Origin series in about September. So Well,
0: we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye out for you. Um, thank you so much for coming on, and we wish you all the best for your future this year. I'll be, I'll be watching. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for, for coming on. No problem. We might take a quick break and then we have a very special guest in the studio with us, Dennis Carnahan, who's going to talk about Rugby League The Musical. And we're back. And I don't think it would be a Ladies Who League episode without a little bit of a sing-along. Uh, so I'm very pleased to have our next guest in the studio this morning. He's very talented and a very good friend of mine. Good morning, Dennis Carnahan.
4: Good morning, Mary. How are you? I'm very well and honoured. I think I'm the first um, rooster in the hen house on Ladies Who League. You absolutely
0: are. And well, i got honoured. I got honored. into a little bit of trouble. Other people were like, oh, I thought I'd be the first male on the show. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, no, that spot is reserved for Dennis Cunningham. I'll take that. That's absolutely right, Um, Dennis. So (laughs) I'm going to ask you, firstly, how you got involved in rugby league. Uh,
4: Well, um, I was brought up in Canberra, Mm -hmm. and I was brought up with a a very multicultural view of this nation, and so I was across the fact that there was Victorian football, there was there was two codes of rugby, there was a round ball game, Mm -hmm. and um, I followed them all. And I played them all very unsuccessfully. Okay. And I think the level of success in each was, again, much like the Eels' chances this year. was very low. Oh, brutal. Oh, um, so
0: harsh. I
4: did go to, you know, when there was the Canberra City Soccer Club and the Canberra Arrows, I did go to soccer matches. And I, and I think the reason that Rugby League stuck was because it was the first team that had, there was the first code that had Canberra-based mm-hmm. team on the big stage. Um, North Melbourne were looking at moving to Canberra in the in the seventies, and I dread to think if I become I could have become a North Melbourne fan. Ugh. Imagine that. And they, um, because they had a lot of ties in, in with um, the Riverina, is very strong in um, in Aussie rules. Um, but the Raiders, uh, the Raiders, thanks to the strength of the Queanbeyan Leagues Club and consortium, it, um, the Raiders landed, and I became a Raiders fan. And I think when I went to the first few games, this is this is dim, dark past and shame. Um, I was a Manly fan. Oh. I was assigned... Are you sure you
0: want to admit that on, on Look, I, a was, podcast?
4: It's a, I've had interventions about this. My, in the 1973 grand final, my three older brothers assigned me Manly because they were going for the sharks. <laughs> and so they were going to beat me up. They were gonna, whenever Manly did anything good, I was their whipping boy, which is you know, it's pretty much through my life that happened. Um, so when Manly actually won, I had something over my brothers, my older brothers, so I stuck with it, not knowing the baggage... That being a Manly fan time, brought. That being a Manly fan, because that was when Manly had just, you know, they won 72, they the Souths I think had won the previous year, so Manly bought Souths and beat them in 72 and then uh, kept on winning because of their purchasing. So that was the um, – they weren't a popular team. That was when they were the full-on silver team. They tiles. weren't or aren't? They, <laughs> at, that, at that stage, they're even less than oh, they are now. it's hard to imagine. And, yeah, I know, I know. Well, see, the thing is – everyone says that they hate Manly and there's no one who hates Manly more than Manly. And you can see this, you know, even Manly Council (laughs) is struggling to find an excuse to get them to play on their council ground and they charge them more than any other council. This sums up Manly how much it hates itself. It hates itself. And the board hates itself. So they sack half the board and then... The board hates itself again. And it's worse than Parramatta. Parramatta hates itself, but nowhere near as to the same level. Look, I'm
0: not appreciating these Parramatta jibes. I'm going to move us along right now.
4: So that's why I became a Raiders fan. As I slowly went to the game and watched each week at Seaford Oval, that the crowd was more and more green, turned more and more green. And I, my hero as a child was Christy O'Sullivan, because he played halfback in my brother's footy team. Mm-hmm. As, as I grew up, I've watched Chrissy play. His sister was in my pastoral care group at school. I went to school with the O'Sullivans and there's Chrissy O'Sullivan. So how can I go for Manly when Chrissy O'Sullivan is on the field?
0: Well, I'm very glad you're a Raider and look, because obviously you can't see us here today, listeners, I've got to describe. So Dennis not only has a Raiders pick that he's going to use when he plays us a song in a little while, but he's also got a Raiders belt. It's it's spectacular. It's a belt buckle. Oh, sorry, buckle, okay. Yeah. A belt buckle. It's spectacular. Now, Dennis, I need to ask Rugby League the musical, what is it?
4: Well, um, the, way, the way I guess I'd like to see it is that uh, going back to Chrissy O'Sullivan and Ashley Gilbert was the, uh, the Raiders' second rower. Mm-hmm. So, Gilbert O'Sullivan, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it kind of has a natural flow to it with musicals. And I see that Rugby League has you know, what, what do you need for a musical? You need, you need villains. Yes. Don't you? Plenty of now, villains. Rugby league has plenty of villains. You need some sort of, um, you know, betrayal and, and oh. uh well, this is a word I'm after. Controversy. That's yes. Oh, <laughs> rugby so league we, has that too. Rugby league has plenty of that. Um, uh, you need, uh, you know, well. A hero. Horror, you need men wearing drag. And Mad Monday is all about men wearing drag. Um, treachery. We've just been discussing that. There's yeah. plenty of treachery in, you know, Manly, and I won't mention that team then. Yep. But uh, Thank you, you know, Super League. In fact, rugby league started in treachery when Deli M left Rugby Union. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about treachery, and that's what you need for a musical. It's got, and I've written a song to express how much is the greatest game of all, has all the elements to be the greatest musical of all, but it doesn't have music. And so that's what I've done is I've just put music to the musical that is Rugby League.
0: Will you play us a song?
4: I'll play you a song called Rugby League Music. Musical. Okay, all right. Rugby League is a pantomime, a
2: tragic comic opera, a farce. It's got more passion and villains and treachery than any Broadway show. But of music, it has a dearth. It's got more men wearing drag than rocky horror greater rivalries than west side more treachery than jesus christ superstar more ass than a chorus line it's got more punch than punch and judy a tougher king than the king and i enough spoons full of sugar and medicine to get mary poppins high as her kite more cats than cats, more fame than fame, more nudity than hair, more death than dirty dancing, more red shoes than the Wizard of Oz. Rugby League's are better musical because it's got more Souths than South Pacific, more misery than Lay Miserables, more colors and Joseph's Technicolor Dreamcoat, more cowboys than Oklahoma. More Mormons than the Book of Mormon Bigger villains than the Lion King All we need to make Rugby League a musical Is to sing, sing, sing It's got villains and villains and thousands of villains So many more villains than any other show You couldn't make up the things that League's villains do But it also has two or three heroes It's got more dough And Ray and what Maria can't face Than the sound of music ever had That's why Rugby League Had to be a musical Oh, thank you
0: Fantastic. Oh, Absolutely loved it. So that's the opening song?
4: That's the opening song and that explains it. it. It compares it to other musicals and shows why it's better. And it clearly is. Rugby League is the best musical of all time. It's
0: so the best musical of all time, the best game of all time. Uh, the
4: greatest game of all. Completely agree. All. Um, yep. So
0: tell us what the plans are for Rugby League, the musical, this year.
4: Uh, Vegas, baby. Breeze Vegas. All right. <laughs> that's the, that's the, um, Which hoping- is in
0: Queensland, right?
4: Well, well, this is a thing. Queensland, I mean, wh- what is Queensland? Because I, I played in Brisbane last year. I played at a function, and a Special Minister of State, Sterling Hinchcliffe, was there. And how good a name is Sterling Hinchcliffe? Um, Rockhampton boy. Apparently, he's related to Rockhampton, Rod, to, to is it Rod Reddy? It's from Rocky? This, this is his claim. So he's a Special Minister of State, and he was the assistant to um, Anastasia Palaszczuk. And uh, I played at this function. And there was a lot of sportsmen there, and I thought I was going to be booed. I was preparing. I was, I had put on the rider. Can you put some chicken wire down that rolls down from the <laughs> top of the stage so that when the Queenslanders start pegging empty of forex at me, I'll be all right. But no, they actually understood the pantomime. They got it. They loved it. And uh, Sterling stood up and said in his speech, "I have to thank Dennis for his song that's in Queensland because it identifies that Queensland is not just a set of arbitrary mat lines put mm-hmm. on a put on a, a fictional a human." invention map it is in fact a state of mind and that's what queensland is queensland is, is above the plane of just geography it's it's a state of mind so what i'm hoping to do you say brisbane is in queensland well i guess geographically yes what i'm hoping to do is tour the whole of queensland okay excellent so not just the geography like right e- everything so everywhere, everywhere. The, the state of mind of queensland. so tell
0: us then where queensland stretches
4: well look it stretches everywhere that rugby league is so of course. <laughs> So I'm hoping for the north of England. Um, (laughs) I'm hoping for, uh, you know, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, Australia. Where else? (laughs) I think that's about it. I believe there is a team of – a rugby league team in New York. Um, I think there's about 30 people who are involved in that. We've
0: got got some friends in Canada as well that play rugby league, so we can take you to Canada Canada as well.
4: Oh, look, that would be great. Um, But I am am hoping to tour later this year, but it's all – it's all under wraps. We'll be hoping, hopefully launching that uh, mid-next month or late next month. We'll okay. have the dates locked in.
0: Fantastic. But you are playing on the 6th of March?
4: I'm playing on the 6th of March. My season launch comes on the 6th of March at uh, the Sydney Roosters. And There's a picture of them just up there. It's a signed jersey from the Roosters. And um, Roosters,
0: there's a big Roosters fan that, that lives in this studio. Yes, oh, okay. there is. We don't want to bring him out, though.
4: Because oh, I know the other one as well. Um, <laughs> so the Roosters are playing the Rabbitohs on the 6th of March at the footy stadium. And the game finishes at six, seven o'clock at the Comedy Store, just around the corner. Rugby League: The Musical kicks off, and we've got, we have got some big announcements. And I uh, look, I guess, I guess I can break one of these. Maybe just one. Here. Come on, just so one. Breaking one, news one on Ladies' scoop, League. One scoop. Um, the real reason that Dave Smith left the NRL. The conspiracy about Dave Smith leaving the NRL. Now you heard his speech at the uh, Deli EM's last year. I and did. How how impassioned he was about rugby league. What Dave Smith has worked out, uh, you saw Rugby League Musical last year, didn't you? I saw it a couple of times. You know that Dave Smith was actually, he actually made a guest appearance.
0: Yes, I do. I do. That was the first time I met Dave Smith at Rugby League the Musical. Well,
4: Dave Smith um, has worked out that his skill set is more suited to musical comedy than to Rugby League. So he is joining Rugby League Musical full-time. What so a David Dave scoop. Smith has come on board <laughs> yeah, and we'll will first, be presenting half the songs uh, at, at Rugby League Musical and he, and he loves it.
0: Well, I'm so looking forward to it. I'll be there. Uh, Dennis, do you want to finish us off with a song before sure. I let you well,
4: go? I, I just wonder about, about whether I might play this one instead. Mm-hmm. Um, a little song that Chris de Berg wrote, mm-hmm. which uh, you know, I haven't actually played it before. In fact, <laughs> I've only just just written it.
0: It's a day of first on Ladies Who League. Mm.
4: Late. No, I've got to get the key. Can we, can we pause this for a second? <laughs>
2: Ladies Who League. Podcasting for free, week to week. There's no sponsor here. Just guests and Mary doing it for free. She wants super coach. This beauty by my side. But maybe we'll get a sponsor on the books tonight.
4: That's a call for sponsors. That's a call for sponsors for Ladies in League. Anyone out there? I
0: am sitting here with the biggest smile on my face. Thank you so much, Dennis. Absolutely loved having you on.
2: Pleasure to be here. I think
0: we'll keep you on so we can have a bit of a chat about the All-Stars, but uh, sure. might give you a little break and we'll be back shortly. All right, and we're back. And it's perhaps time to talk a little bit about the All-Stars game that happened last week. Before we get to the men's result, I'd just like to mention that the women's All-Stars defeated the Indigenous All-Stars 24-4. Uh, the game was stacked with Jillaroos uh, and played in four 15-minute halves. Um, the, the women's All-Stars were pretty dominant, to be honest, and led 10-0 at halftime, and it was pretty much all over for the, from there. And then we had the men. The World All-Stars defeated the Indigenous All-Stars 12-8. Uh, Greg Inglis was in fine form. I think my favourite moment of the game was his right-arm fan that sent James Graham... <laughs> to the turf, which I loved. Erin, um, I thought we'd have a chat, though, about the importance of the Indigenous All-Stars game because, you know, the aftermath of the game has seen the NRL really come in support. They, the players were really in support of the game. You could see how much it meant to them on the day. And I think the only concern next year will be, you know, when it's played in the season
1: rather than whether it will happen at all. I think it's an incredibly great concept. Um, I, I would love to see it mid-year, maybe during a mm-hmm. a, um, a break, a week off, uh, because I think it really deserves a lot of attention. And I think people haven't really sort of turned their minds to football yet. It's still early in the early in the year, uh, but I just think it's such a wonderful way of celebrating the contribution Indigenous players make
4: to to sport and to rugby league.
0: So the war cry, I just thought that was absolutely Aww.
4: incredible. It was fantastic theatre. Um, yeah, I actually because I was I was listening to the radio, <laughs> doing the dishes. <laughs> As you do, and the walkway dragged me out of the kitchen into the. I wanted to watch it. I was just fascinated by what was going to happen, and I was worried. You know, is, is this going to be like a, you know, they've they've seen the marketing of the the harker stuff? But mm-hmm. it didn't. I didn't feel at all that it was. It felt like a very unique. Uh, indigenous cultural thing. I was I was thrilled by it. I thought it was fantastic.
0: I just think for Rugby League, it's a tremendous celebration and, and one of the games that I'm absolutely most proud of our game for having. And I'm, I'm so pleased to have seen a big crowd get out to Suncorp Stadium to have watched that game.
1: I think, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it, compare it to what other competitions do uh, that can often feel a bit tokenistic or... Um, you know, it has a, an element of celebrating Indigenous cultures, but without um, really focusing on Indigenous players. And I think putting the Indigenous players at the centre um, and allowing them, not allowing them, but giving them the opportunity to um, to really represent their, their cultures. And it, it, I think that's really, really wonderful. Erin, how does it compare to what the AFL do? The AFL usually has a, in, an Indigenous round mm-hmm. um, with Indigenous-designed Guernseys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a particular game that's called Dreamtime at the G, which is played between Essendon Football Club and Richmond Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, there's a lot of ceremony beforehand, but it's still a game played for competition points and it's between the, the standard teams, which means theoretically you cannot have a single Indigenous player on the field during Dreamtime at the G. And I just think that's... A real shame. Mm.
0: I think as well, one of my favourite moments of the game was after the game when you saw all the players with their children. So there were some really beautiful pictures. James Graham has recently become a dad and his little girl Harlow was wearing a very cute little jersey. And there was also a pretty fantastic image of Greg Inglis and and his, um, and his child on the field too. And I love those images. It sort of reminds me of Jonathan Thurston after the grand final this year with his daughter Frankie. Um, they're the, I think, images that should be used to
1: promote rugby league, absolutely, as a family game.
4: Well, I, th- I think also, and the, obviously, my bias came out with the fact there were three Raiders players playing on different teams mm-hmm. and seeing the photo of them together, the brotherhood, the arms in arms, and the fact that, yes, they've played each other, and they were minutes before belting each other, and now they're, you know, I think that, there's a, there's a lot of symbolism in that. I thought that was fantastic. that brought a tear to my eye, that one. Yeah, well, a- apart from, of course, Conrad Hurrell blowing a kiss to his mum, and, and everyone <sighs> loved it when Connie scores a try, mwah! Out it goes kiss to mum for the camera.
0: I'm just hoping that Conrad Harrell fixes up his tackling technique and spends no. most of his Oh, you don't...
4: ball that runs. No, that's not his job. You've got a specific job. His specific job is to get the ball and run straight and hard and do the I think the, you'll um, get in a bit, bit of step. trouble
0: though this year, Dennis. Don't you think
4: because his tackling is loose?
0: Sorry, not his tackling, his um, his running. Sorry, when he hits the ball up. Oh,
4: no, I love it. It's a wrecking ball.
0: He's All right, well, we'll see. We'll see how much
4: time he spends on the sideline. I hope he doesn't spend. I love it when he's on the field.
0: Oh, the blowing of the kiss to the mum. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone no. loves Conrad Harrell. Absolutely. I'm not going to put him in my supercoach team, though, this year. Oh, no. You know
4: <laughs> He's a consideration. He's, he's there, a consideration. He's there for, he's there for the entertainment.
2: He's
0: entertainment. There for the love. Of course. I'm talking to the creator of Rugby <laughs> League The Musical. Of course, it's for the entertainment. For the theatre. The theatre, I like it. Um, because we've got a little bit more to talk about, we might wrap it up there and then come back and talk about what's happening this weekend. <laughs> And to finish us off, I thought we'd just do a little bit of a talk about what's happening this weekend because there is so much sport happening. Erin, do you want to start us off? Yeah,
1: um, really exciting. Tomorrow at St Ignatius College in Sydney, they're holding the, um, the Sydney AFL Women's Combine. Mm-hmm. So it's an opportunity for female players uh, to get out there and and show off their talents ahead of the creation of the AFL Women's Competition next year. Mm-hmm. Uh this there are actually two players who've flown out from the United States who wow. play in the u s national team who are who are there to um yeah have a shot at trying to get a professional career in Australia, so I spoke to one of them. Katie Klatt earlier this week, mm-hmm. uh, a fascinating story. She's an ICU nurse from Sacramento who just happened to go along to um, a footy training and fell in love with the game. And two years after picking up a ball for the first time, she's now trying her hand at a professional career. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for, for women who love footy and who play footy to uh, try and launch a professional career. Very exciting. Love it. It's wonderful. There's combines all around the country, and I believe Sydney might be the last. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so really exciting.
0: Looking forward to hearing your thoughts about that during this week. And Dennis, the Raiders. Talk Raiders,
4: to me. Uh, they're playing the nights at Wade Park in Orange, and um, Jack Wrighton has been ruled, ruled out. out. I yeah, saw that. i a bit nervous about that. Apparently, he's going to be good for round one, which is only two weeks away. But uh, yeah, when I'm so nervous. I'm actually looking at it thinking 6.30, Orange. I love Orange. Orange is a great town. It's talent. beautiful, isn't it? So it's not
1: that far up. I
4: was there last weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I'm just thinking, do I do I go up for that? Do I go to Wade Park and watch the Raiders flog the Knights?
0: I think the answer is yes. Um, is um, Blake Charles Austin Reed playing?
4: Blake Austin, I believe, is not playing. Okay. He's not, um, and I don't think uh, Caesar is either. Okay. Oh, is no, Nathan Ross He's playing Nathan's for the no Knights? Member. Who are the Knights? Okay. That's
0: that's the right answer. That was a test there. You passed. Congratulations.
1: You are a Raiders fan.
4: <laughs> I'm just watching that team. Kurt Baptiste playing. And
1: we we are also in the midst of the AFL first round of the AFL NAB Challenge. oh uh, yes, we are, and uh, we've had last night uh, Fremantle absolutely slaughtered Richmond by sixty points.
0: My dad's very upset. He's a he's a Richmond Tigers
1: fan. Uh, and uh, Hayden Ballantyne is out injured, which is I guess the big news to come out of the
4: match. And can I ask more importantly, Ivan um, uh, Maric and Dustin Martin, how's the hair? Has, has has that any of that been attended to? Because they really, were playing. Uh,
1: yeah,
4: So they're at the barbers. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they weren't we playing. We only There's dream. a lot yeah. of work that needs to be done. And
0: there were just a couple of things that I wanted to mention as well. So in Touch Football Land, the New South Wales Junior State Cup started yesterday in Port Macquarie. Um, 169 out of the 357 teams playing are female. So women represent 40% of the Touch contingency in attendance. That's touch,
1: awesome. Touch
0: are fantastic. If you're not around them on social media, get around them because... I, I love what Touch are doing. And Cole Maguire, who is their CEO, is so passionate about the game and seeing it grow. It's a, it's a joy to see.
4: I've been to a couple of uh, junior state Touch carnivals. Mm-hmm. And um, they are, it's, it's really funny watching, I think, girls up to under 16. Mm-hmm. You're watching under 12 girls, under 14 girls, and they are so organised and communicative. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they understand about taking them off the team. I run at you. That makes a gap. I pass it. They score. Whereas boys are all like, I just want to score. I just want to score. They, they <laughs> don't understand teamwork, communication. They don't know how it works. And I think an under fourteen, girl, the best under fourteen girls team would flog the boys because they understand mm-hmm. teamwork. And the boys get a bit stronger and start to grow up a bit as it get older. But it's, it's great fun. It's great fun watching it.
0: Yeah. So go the girls. Um, And the last thing that I wanted to mention were the WNBL finals. So the last spot in the finals will be known by the end of this weekend. So the Perth Lynx have qualified for the finals. They qualified last weekend and that's the first time that they'll play finals in 16 years. Uh, So the other three teams that are definitely... Sorry, the other two teams that are definitely playing finals are Townsville and Nong. We'll just be waiting on the results of the Bendigo and SEQ Stars games to see, you know, who takes that final spot. So keep an eye on that too. Really exciting. A lot of stuff happening in sport and the rugby league season hasn't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> and Very that's nervous. probably all we've got time for. Dennis, thank you so much for coming in and singing Thanks for, for you. us. Thanks for giving me the honour. No, can't wait to have you back again. Erin, it's been great to have you too. Thanks
4: for having me. Can't
0: wait to um, have you back when the AFL season is as well and truly always back.
1: love to have a chat about footy.
0: Um, and as you all know, you can get in contact with me at Ladies Who League on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on the show and let us know if there's anything you want to chat about next week. And that's all from us today. You've been listening to Mary Kay from
1: Ladies Who Lead.
2: to You're listening to Ladies Who Lead.